TCU? Do you breathe purple and gold? Are you ready to hoist the colors? Now, time for the most in-depth look at the world of ECU athletics. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Watch the show live on Facebook and at 94.3thegame.com. Now, here's your host, Stephen Igo. Hi, welcome into this edition of Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game. It is a Friday, September 2nd edition of the show. We are about, at this time, 30 hours from kickoff between East Carolina and Gardner-Webb. It is already wet. It's probably going to be a wet one tomorrow as some inclement weather rolls in off the coast of the uh, Carolinas, of course. Looks like maybe the, the heavy part of it will be gone by game time if the current track holds. We can talk about that on today's show, but also we'll get into ECU Gardner-Webb. It is a football Friday. We've got a very exciting show. I always like to say the heavy lifting is done in the early part of the week, and then we enjoy our Fridays around here. So back in the 94.3 The Game studios, we got Joey Football, because it's a Joey Football Friday. We got Philip Pilkington producing. And we also got a new a new man there in my old chair. I've already been kicked out because Scott Rogers has uh, – He's taking my seat. Uh, I'm back in the home studio. But, no, it actually worked out pretty good. We were able to get everybody on the show today. So, uh, first off, Scooter, welcome to the IBX media team. You've been on Hoist the Colors before, but how does it feel to be a uh, official member of the IBX team? It feels great. Yeah, I mean, i got to thank Hank Hinton and obviously also Dylan McKay and Dan Miller for uh, – welcoming me in yesterday and uh, excited to be a part you know doing everything with ecu baseball and also some jh rose football with uh, ibx and so you feel like you're a part of the family with that but now you're kind of a, officially a part of it with this and so i'm very excited to uh finally be a part of them yeah it'll be fun to get you on the show every now and then you'll be doing some producing work as well you got to take tips from philip so good luck with that uh he's a great teacher i'm sure uh but uh but no it'll be fun man i'm really looking forward to having you on and even more of course you, we had you on back last in the baseball season and uh, we'll have you on you know pretty regularly going forward uh joey football how you feeling uh, as we, we get ready for this East Carolina football game? You know, we, we talked about it on Tuesday. I think your excitement level was about a six or seven. Where are you at now? It kind of fell a little bit. I can't lie. The rain is not helping my excitement level, especially just the amount of run that we've already seen throughout the season. I was really hoping to air it out, maybe see some touchdowns, a couple slot fades. As I've once mentioned before, a couple tight end touchdowns. Who could have thought? A couple uh, tight end touchdowns would be nice. That would be very nice. But uh, my excitement level is kind of dwindled because I feel like it's going to be like a 2013 Navy game where you're just running the rock and all of a sudden you look up and it's in the fourth quarter. So I'm like a five, honestly, with the hurricane coming in. But maybe it's Hurricane Donnie throwing touchdowns. Who knows? Hurricane Donnie throwing touchdowns. We got to talk about Donnie. We we basically had Hurricane Donnie at the press conference on Wednesday. You can't he make was it all up, over the I place. Guess. It was uh, something else. Philip, what's your uh, excitement level as we we close in on kickoff? This rain, you know, it does put a damper on things. But at the end of the day, we get six ECU football home games this year. You still gotta you still gotta make them count. You do, and at least we're getting the hopefully we're getting the rain out of the way while it's still decently warm outside. That's what you don't want to see is, is forty and rain and slip through That's plenty true. of those. But uh, no, I'm kind of like Joe. It's like, man, this was the game to like test out the quarterbacks, let them air out the ball, 
And, you know, I love three yards in a cloud of dust football, but this is not the game that we need to do it. Like, you know, Joey, Joey football and I are old heads. Sometimes we like to pound the rock down the mm. middle, but, uh, this was the game where we needed to air it out. So it does kind of stink, but, uh, you know, I'm still excited. I'm still like a solid six. Solid six. All right. Well, if ECU doesn't win, we're all going to be at a one trying to call in sick on Monday. I think we're all out of the show. job if that happens. I go. Yeah, probably so. Shut it down. Uh, East Carolina and Gardner Webb, six o'clock kickoff again. <clears throat> Pre-game coverage. So we'll start uh, on uh, 94.3. The game at three. It'll go till five, and then of course you got the pre-game show with Jim Zoki leading up to the six o'clock kickoff. So we will see how it goes. Joe, you going to be on the pregame show again this week? I think so. They haven't fired me yet. Okay. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll find out by tomorrow. Now. Yeah. Yeah. You never know, man. We got to get through this hour and see if you can keep your job. We'll again. see. Um, and so, I, look, I don't know what ECU's plan is uh, offensively. I always get you know who's starting at quarterback. I've heard some. Some mixed things here as we get closer to kickoff. When I was out there Wednesday, Alex Flynn was taking the number one reps with mm-hmm. the offense. And I would expect him to start the game, although last week on Wednesday they anticipated Mason Garcia starting. And then we got word Thursday that Flynn was going to be the guy. So, Joe, do you kind of have a a gut feel on how this offense might look Saturday? And, and do, does the rain impact uh, you know the potential offensive game plan? My gut feeling is Mason isn't the guy to go to anymore. I think it's Flynn's job until he loses it. I've said that before. Kind of made it known. It's my stance at this point that it's Flynn's job until he's proved it shouldn't be. I think the rain definitely causes some issues as far as the game plan goes. This is an offense that tries to spread it out, and we've heard Coach Kirkpatrick kind of talk about what he wants to do and how he wants to call game plans, and he hasn't loved how they've been getting stuffed in the run. So with the rain coming, it could also kind of limit what they want to do because he talked about it in the presser and his whirlwind of Hurricane Donnie that he wants three yards every first down because it makes it easier to call plays, but he hasn't been able to get that done. So we'll see. Maybe there's some kind of new combination of some sort that we're going to see. Maybe there's a new personnel group that might help and take some burden off and maybe true 32 personnel again. Just run the football the days of old. As Philip mentioned, the three yards in a cloud of dust – We'll see, Scott. You're, you know, you've been obviously following the team. You were in Boone, um, you know, doing some work there, of course, and haven't gotten your take on the season to this point. So just the zero and three start, you know, a lot of Pirate Nation, of course, disappointed. Kind of, what's your take on this team early part of the year? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously been frustrating with the zero and three start, and you know, I think a lot of people didn't expect a a ton of wins this year from ECU football. You know, you know, talking with a lot of people, obviously anywhere from five to eight wins, I think, would have been acceptable this year, but. You know, you never want to start 0-3, especially in, you know, two games where you had, uh, you were playing good in the second half, especially against Marshall. I mean, you had that 13-10 lead. Of course, you were up 21-10 to at halftime against Appalachian State. And so, and you've talked about this too, where, especially the app game, you score two touchdowns on defense and you lose by double digits. That's very hard to do and it's a very frustrating thing too, but, I mean, this is a this is a good opportunity this weekend, and you know, Gardner Webb obviously is a really good football team, considering they were beating Appalachian State late in the third quarter in Week One, and actually got a chance to watch a little bit of that game after the Michigan game up in Ann Arbor, and you know, from that moment, I said this is going to be an interesting game when we play Gardner Webb. So I'm excited to to watch it this weekend, but uh, 
the rain is definitely going to be a, a factor this weekend. But I will say, in recent memory, we have played good in the rain. You go back to the James Summers game against Virginia Tech, of course the uh, Conference USA championship game with Case Keenum against Houston. So, yeah, hey. Yeah. You gotta find some positives here. We not play. We, we do not. Year. Yeah, we do not play bad in the rain. So we'll see what happens. If we can just get some of that personnel back, we'll be uh, we'll be sitting in, well, in good shape. You know, not, that started that day. Not True. Houston <laughs> of two years ago. That's all I ask. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that yeah. As long as we have no delays, knock on wood, I'll be good with that. Um, all right. So interesting press conferences this week, guys, on a lot of fronts. We'll start with Donnie Kirkpatrick because I don't even know. You know, it's always interesting with Donnie K. Let, let's preface that. But he went on, I think he went, I set the over-under, I think, at like 1230, and he crushed it. I mean, he went like 15, 16 minutes. And uh, basically, he talked about how Mike Houston should be in the Hall of Fame and how great he's handling this week. He also talked, of course, about, like Joe referenced, the first down struggles. They have not been able to get any positive yards on first down. So he made some good points. And then at the end, he kind of closed with a rant about how great it is to live in America, how Earth is the best planet uh, in the solar system. So, uh, you know, and he made some good points. Like he talked about coaches who are battling, you know, cancer or colleagues who are in much more serious situations than, hey, did you make the right play call on first and ten? So there was a lot of good points there. But I thought that was an all-time Donnie K. presser, Joe. And you used to be in the offensive meetings with him. Now you're on the media side. Just what did you make of all that? It reminded me of home. i got to be honest, I go. It was like I was sitting back in the offensive meeting room on a Tuesday, and he's getting ready to go over like the explosive plays for this week. And he goes on some rant about his golf game and how he shot an 86 last week and his back hurts or the time he fell down the stairs but he caught himself because he's an athlete. So it was an all-timer for sure. Hurricane Donnie was alive and well. Uh, I think my favorite part was when he prefaced the end of it, and he goes, now, don't get me wrong, we'd love to win more games, but football sucks right now. Life is great. <laughs> and I, I don't know how yeah, you do it. Interesting. I don't know if we need to pay somebody to do one of the plane banners over the stadium before kickoff on Saturday for it or just print T-shirts. I mean, I want the student section to have body paint that just spells out football sucks. Life is great. I think that's just the motto of the first start of the season. And I think Coach Kirkpatrick once again reminding us all that not everybody should get to have a press conference. <laughs> hey, that's the highlight of my week, though, Joe. I'm not this gonna is lie. true. Yeah. I mean, we just you never know what he's going to say. No. So I enjoy it. And it. All right, so the other side of the coin, you have the Gardner-Webb. I don't know if any of you watched it, but I wrote about it. Trey Lamb is their head coach. And he basically came out in the press conference and was like, "Look, we have a great opportunity to go upset East Carolina. Like, not, you know, not even like saying, oh, ECU is a great team. Like every coaching, you know, coach speaks says, ECU is a great team. They got a great offense. It's going to be a tremendous challenge. That sort of stuff. He was just like, no, we got a great opportunity to go upset East Carolina. He was like, we're going to run some trick plays. He's like, we need to hit some trick plays to win. Like." I I mean, it was kind of like he was just given the blueprint on how to win. I thought it was interesting kind of how he addressed it. But I don't know, Scooter, if you saw any of that or saw any of the comments, but what do you make of just the opposing coaches coming out being like, look, man, we have a chance to go win the game? Yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch any of it, but I did see some of the quotes from his press conference. But, uh, I mean, they're obviously confident. And if you're you're, no, you're an FCS team coming down into an FBS opponent's home to – 
and you know that that team has not been playing well. You know that there's a lot of bitterness right now on the fan side, and they're very confident to come into Greenville and get a win. And, you know, it shows with what Coach Lamb said in his press conference, and if he's saying that, you know the players are all obviously confident as well about coming into Greenville and getting a win. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting to say that you're going to run some trick plays and it was give out your uh, your game plan there. But, hey, maybe he's balking a little bit trying to – keep ECU's guard up a little bit, and maybe he won't run any trick plays and stuff like that. So who knows? But it's definitely uh, sounds like it's been an interesting week with press conferences for both ECU and Gardner-Webb. Well, if, hey, if you're going to start 0-3 and you're covering an FCS game, might as well have some interesting press conferences because in the past there have been a lot of dull weeks like this. So I'm not going to complain about it. All right, guys, we're about to take a quick break, but we do have some breaking news. The ECU men's basketball schedule and the women's schedule dropped earlier today, the the American Athletic Conference, and I've got it here in front of us. ECU will open conference play January 2nd at Florida Atlantic, the reigning Final Four team, new year in the Americans. So, hey, Mike Schwartz. Here's your uh, here's your favor for putting together a, a good roster coming back. Uh, travel to Boca Raton. This will be the only meeting because FAU does not come to Greenville. Their home opener in conference will be Tulsa on January 7th. Then they go to Temple, host SMU, host North Texas, and then it kind of goes from there. So you can go to ecupirates.com, check that out. But uh, big challenge there, Scooter, right out of the gate going to FAU on January 2nd. Yeah, but I, uh, it's a heck of an opportunity. You know, we were just talking about with the FCS vote coming here, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a great opportunity for ECU to go down there and play Florida Atlantic. And it, it sucks that you only get them once this year. You don't get to have a team that played in the final four last year coming into Menjis, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, and, and it's not just Florida Atlantic. I mean, you have Charlotte who was, who's been good in basketball in the past here. You've got North Texas and UAB who had really good years recently. And so, Yes, you lost Cincinnati and Houston and, and these programs in the American, but you're gaining a lot in terms of basketball this year. And, and honestly, it's going to be about the same for baseball. You're gaining some good baseball programs as well. So it's going to be going to be an exciting two seasons coming up here soon for both basketball and baseball, I think. No doubt. All right, let's get our first break in. On the other side, we will come back. We'll dive into our picks. We make them every Friday. We're absolutely terrible at them, but we're going to continue to do them because that's what we do. We're just like ECU right now. Just because we started slow doesn't mean we're going to give up. We're not going to start firing people yet, uh, but we'll uh, we'll see how things transpire in the coming days, uh, coming weeks. All right, we'll have our college picks on the other side. Then we'll do some NFL picks analysis as well, give our final thoughts on Gardner-Webb. We'll be right back. This is Hoist the Colors on a Friday. Every ECU fan's one stop for all things ECU athletics. This is Hoist the Colors with Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. All right, welcome back on this Friday, September 22nd edition of the show. ECU getting ready for Gardner Webb. It is rainy. But, hey, they're still going to play football this weekend inside Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, regardless of how many people do or do not show up. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have a line for East Carolina and Gardner-Webb as of now. They usually drop that line either Friday night or Saturday morning for FCS games. So we, we may have a late entry off the air pick with that. Maybe we'll do it on our pregame show uh, as, as we get near kickoff. We'll see. We'll update you there. Uh, 
Gardner-Webb was a 24-point underdog at App heading to the opener. They ended up covering that spread, I believe, uh, or, you know, 45-24 loss. Yeah, they covered there. So we'll see what the line is for ECU Gardner-Webb. But it is time for our weekly picks, and we, we're not very good at these. Um, I think I we're say, historically though, bad. Yeah. Well, Joe, you were historically bad last week. I had an I-go week. You had an I-go caliber week. I, I might need to self-impose did. a ban. Um, hey, that's your call. Uh, I think you're – I think – You can be like me, Jim Harbaugh. big on the bounce. Yeah, you well, – yeah. Uh, let's not get started there. We'll have to do a uh, commemorative edition of the show next week <laughs> in honor of Joe if we do that. Um, but I'm big on the bounce back, Joe. And so I feel like you're going to bounce back this week. I got faith in you. It's a revenge week. Exactly, revenge week. Uh, I somehow had a winning week in college football, three and two. I got LSU, UNC, and Appalachian. Unfortunately, we all got Appalachian rights. They covered the eight and a half against ECU. Uh, Joe went two and three in college. Phillip went four and one. He had Colorado State covering. Against Colorado, he called that. His only loss was Tennessee at Florida. We all had Tennessee. We all looked like idiots there. NFL, I went 1-3-1. One, and one. We all pushed on Saints-Panthers as the Saints won by three. Uh, my lock of the week busted. I had the Broncos bouncing back against the Commanders. It looked great for a while, and then they choked it away. Almost won on a Hail Mary. Uh, but they end up losing by two, so I lost that. Uh, Joe went 0-4-1. At least you didn't go 0-5. But my answer belt lock of the week hit. Your answer belt lock of the week hit. What was your lock of the week? Bucks by uh, two and a half. That's right. There you go. So his lock of the week hit, even though he didn't remember the opponent at the time. It was the Bears. Uh, Who remembers the Bears? <laughs> They're robotic anyway. He nailed the lock of the week. My lock of the week busted. Philip, did your lock of the week hit? What was yours? Uh, mine was one of the college. It was LSU, games. wasn't it, Philip? I think it was LSU. And I think so I yours hit. hit. Yeah, I hit. All right. So uh, and then you went one three and one in NFL. So Philip by far is is doing well uh, thus far. So all right, we, we'll have our lock of the week. You guys can throw it out at any point. I always forget to plan for it. So if you're feeling it like I did with the Steelers. In week one against the Niners, just go for it, although it'll be completely wrong. Um, and, Scott, you're not on the official leaderboard, but if you do want to participate, you're more than welcome to. So are, are you in for picks? I think I'm in. Oh, yeah. All right. There we go. All right, picking against the spread, we'll do college first. And the slate is absolutely loaded, and we're picking all of the best matchups. We're going six college games. Again, no ECU spread, so we can't pick that game right now. First up, Florida State is at Clemson. Florida State is a two-point favorite. Clemson, I think, is something crazy, like 50-2 and two in their last 52 overall at home. And this is just a – I don't think Clemson's good at all, but I just have a feeling they're going to win this game. I'm picking Clemson to cover. We'll go to Joseph next. This is one of those where I want to do something really dumb and bet against Clemson at home, but I just don't think I can do that. I don't know if Norvell has – the pole yet to kind of bring his guys into a hostile environment like that and upset Clemson, who at this point is 50 and two at home, as you mentioned. So I have to give it to Clemson, but I think it's close, but I have Clemson covering. We'll go Scooter and then uh, Phillip. Give me the chop. Give me the Knowles. Oh. I'm going Mike Norvell. Knowles. Memphis legend. All right. 
I doubted Florida State first week or week one. I ate those words, but it's so hard to pick against Clemson at home. I'm going to go Tigers. How much, if anything, does the fact this is a noon kick and not a night game give Florida State a, a chance to any of you guys? I don't know if it plays in as much, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't think Clemson's very just, good. Clemson's so not very yeah. good. But yeah. Clemson does stink. I know they're at home. I know it's a tough environment. But if there's any time for Clemson to bounce back, it would be this week. Yeah, they, they need that bounce back. Like Their season is on the line tomorrow. Yeah, this is the must win for Debo. This would be the second ACC loss already, I think, yeah. in, what, two tries? Um, so, I mean, that, this would be this would be a bad loss. Um, and they're in the same division as Florida State, I believe, so they'd pretty much be eliminated from the championship almost this no, early. So I think they got rid of divisions, didn't they? I don't I, – I, I saw that the other day. I don't know what it was for yeah, the Yeah, they, they got rid of divisions because now they've right. the really got to now. Yeah, there's, there's no divisions. But more than likely, if they lose this game, they're probably – Probably done. In yeah, the race, yeah. I mean, Duke's gonna be twelve and zero anyway, so you know. All right, get out of here, oh, man. Okay. Uh, all right, Colorado and Oregon. This is a ranked matchup. The spread is twenty-one points in favor of Oregon. Mm. I made the stupid decision to believe in Dion oh. last week. All the hype, all the sunglasses, the hats, Dion. What are you doing, man? You let me down. I finally believe in you. I'm going to Oregon by. You know, I'm a, lock of the week. Oregon covers the spread. They win by 30 plus. Lock it in. Anson belt and buckle. Oregon rolls. <laughs> Joe, <laughs> I'm proud. Uh, give me Colorado. I think 21 is too much. They proved that last week just with how close Colorado State was. I think they play up to competition or down to competition as far as how young the program is in the Deion Sanders era. So give me Colorado because 21 three touchdowns is ridiculous. I don't know if Dan Landing has an answer for Shador Sanders either. So give me Colorado. Uh, Scooter. I agree with pretty much everything Joe just said. I am picking Colorado. I think three touchdowns is is ridiculous on that spread. And as he said, Colorado's played up and down to their competition this year. So I'm going with the Buffaloes. Now give me my theme music. <laughs> Go ahead. We'll Vegas, made it, Vegas made it personal. Is it personal? Okay. Um, here's my Anson Belt Buckle lock of the week. The over 70.5 is hitting in this game. Okay. It is a That's shootout. Right. And. Oregon by a touchdown or 10 points, something like that. So I'm going to take Colorado against the spread, but Oregon outright. Oregon is going to roll these fools, and then USC is going to roll these fools, and then Dion is going to come crashing down to earth, and everybody's going to hate it except for me. Dude, they do uh, have a really tough it. schedule the rest of the way. Like you mentioned the USC thing. Like, yeah, they, they, do. they have like still like six games against ranked opponents. Yeah. Hey, lock it in. Over's hitting. Oregon's rolling. We'll see what happens, though. Maybe I, I go as who is the Oregon Duck. Maybe he's the Oregon Duck mascot secretly. <laughs> he's puddled. I'm, yeah. I mean, you guys know I'm a Seattle Mariners fan. I'm a big Pacific Northwest guy. Yeah, Maybe true. I'm a closet Oregon fan. I yeah, but you crush just, with Oregon. You just throw me around 12. in so many different areas because you have the Northwest run, and then you're a Broncos fan. That's pretty much Northwest. Hey, the Nuggets are in the Northwestern division yeah, in the this NBA. Is true. Just saying. But you hate Colorado right now. How, how do you, he hates that he lost his pick sense. last week. He's just mad that they didn't cover. 
That is 100% true. <laughs> I actually have nothing against Dion. I'm just I'm overreacting for uh, I'm ratings prime. purposes. I'm trying to get I'm trying to get on Prime's uh, billboard and trying to like make sure he sees what I'm saying. Trying to blow up puts that us way. on his uh, hate list. <laughs> exactly. I'm trying to pull the Stephen A. Smith factor. Um, all right, Ole Miss at Bama. I'm going to be honest, guys. I'm pretty shocked at this line. Bama is a six and a half point favorite. I know they're playing at home, but they have looked bad. I'm kind of tempted to take Bama here because it just feels like. They're not going to lose twice at home, but I'm I'm going to Ole Miss. I just think Ole Miss is better. And as crazy as that is to say, I'm going the Rebels on the road. Lane Kiffin gets the W, uh, or at least covers the six and a half. So I'm going to Ole Miss on the road. Uh, Joe, I'm so glad you brought this up. I go because the man that wasn't built for Greenville is built to win in Tuscaloosa. Give me Lane Kiffin. Give me the points. Give me my Anson Belton Buckle lock of the week. It's a double whammy. Ole Miss points and the overhits. Wow. Lock it Confident. in. Lock he's it got in. it. In typical Joey football Scooter. fashion, he's got to parlay it here. He can't Always. just go with one. <laughs> I'm a degenerate. That's fair. It is very uh, tough to pick against Alabama at home, but as you said, they have not looked good. They were losing to South Florida for a good portion of that game, and that automatically makes me pick the Rebels. <laughs> Phil, take us home. Um, in order to win a football game, you have to score points. And right now, South Central's defense, who let up 46 to Rose last night, could stop Bama's offense. They are terrible. No, Give me the I Rebels. Wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily oh, say that. They're great. Um, we just stamped this, so Nick Saban's going to put all of us up in the locker room today. And we're responsible. We are single handed. We're the rat poison. We're the rat poison. We're all four on Ole Miss, and you're you're so you're going Anson Belt and Buckle right here, Joe. Yep, Anson Belt and Buckle lock of the week. Listen, we're all four on Ole Miss, so anyone who may be making a trip to Atlantic City tonight, you should probably bet on Bama. Yeah, this is now officially uh, consensus to gamble on Bama. By the way, lock of the week presented by Anson Belt and Buckle. Are you game day ready? Visit AnsonBelt.com backslash ECU. Check out their great collection of holist belts, including ECU officially licensed buckles. Anson Belt and Buckle, the official belt of ECU Athletics. Also rep by Mason Garcia and Tegan Wilk. By the way, we got uh, John White. He says the Buffs will end the year 5-7 and seven on Facebook. Couldn't agree more, John. The real question I have is will they even get to five wins? Um, we'll see. All right. <laughs> Y'all know they I'm still play messing. Arizona, man. They play Arizona, Arizona State. They play Oregon yeah, State. The North. Oregon State's ranked, dude. Oregon State's legit. For now. We'll get to that. Uh, okay. Hey, they're a non-Power 5 team. So, you know, they're weak. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They got Arizona. They According Arizona. to Joe. Stanford lost to Sacramento State last week. They're going to beat Stanford by 75. Maybe. Who's the head coach of Stanford now? Isn't it the guy from... Sacramento State? I don't know. I don't even know, honestly. All right, let's get back to the picks, uh, or else we're not going to finish the show. UCLA is at Utah. Speaking of West Coast, we got a couple West Coast games to pick. This is a top 25 matchup. Both teams 3-0. and Utah is a six-point favorite at home. I just... Utah is just the, the like most consistent team I feel like every year. Like they are just a really good football team, and I think they're better than UCLA, especially at home. I don't care who's playing quarterback. I'm going Utes by a touchdown, Joe. Well, 
No, because I go took the Utes. Give me UCLA and Chip Kelly in that offense. Uh, I think the power is there. I think we saw Utah struggle against Florida, and Florida's kind of gone both ways and been a little wishy-washy. So I think UCLA's offense is a much better test than what Florida showed in that first week with Graham Mertz. So give me UCLA. I should add, by the way, uh, as we get to Scooter's pick, Cam Rising, there's reports that he will make his season debut of the Utah quarterback. The line actually opened at four and a half and has since moved to six, mm. indicating the Rising might play. I don't know if that affects your pick, Joe, but uh, go Bruins. Scooter. I am going to go with Utes. We'll stick with uh, with Iger's pick there and go with Utah. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's yeah, see if it pays off. I did see Brett McMurphy's tweet yesterday about Rising playing, and that does kind of affect my pick. I will say UCLA's offense has surprised me this year with the departure of DTR. I thought they were going to take a step back. Loved him in the preseason with the Browns, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Man. Cam Rising is going to bring the energy. They, those guys just love to play for him. They do. He's he's a solid quarterback. He's not phenomenal, but they just he finds ways to win, man. He's like a Garoppolo where he just finds ways to win. And, uh, yeah, give me Utes by a touchdown. Is that too recent of a wound for you here, I go after week one? Or are you okay with the Garoppolo comparison? Uh, I mean, it's a fair comparison, although I hate the NFL right now, as we'll get into. Uh, the season's already over for the Broncos. And how about Bryce Young? Already hurt. That's great for the Panther fans. Sorry, Philip. Welcome to the pain. Um, all right, anyways, <laughs> we'll save that discussion. Oregon State at Washington State, the two – the Pac-2, I should say, the two schools that are going to be left behind are two of the better teams in the country right now. They're both ranked. Washington State at home, I feel like in big games, historically has played pretty well, at least recently. So I'm going to Washington State here. I think this is a very even matchup. You know, they usually say three points to the home team. It's a three-point line. Uh, Washington State is favored by three. So I'm going to Washington State to cover. I think this will be a tight game, but the Cougars pull it out at home. Uh, Joe? Against my better judgment, I'm going to agree with Igo here. I take Washington State at home. I think that any time you can get a ranked opponent at home in a late game like that, especially in the Pac-2, as we've mentioned, you can kind of draw from the energy of the crowd and play above what you're going to do. And Washington State's offense surprised me a little bit this year. I think Oregon State's ranked too early. Uh, I think time will tell, obviously, if I'm incorrect or not. But I do like Washington State in my Mike Leach Memorial game. Scooter. I don't know much about either of these teams. That's fair. They're on the West Coast. You're not watching a lot of Pacific Coast football? No, I'm sleeping by then. Um, But I'm going to pick Washington State just because of Gardner Minshew. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm just going to go with the home team. Sorry. I was gonna say, I'm go just going to go with the home team because I don't know much about either one of these teams. Not Another lie. consensus. Yeah. <laughs> so to whoever's listening with this giant parlay against us, you have Bama so far and Oregon State. We're literally giving you the answers. That And I don't like we're, beavers we're either. I think beavers are weird animals. That's also fair. <laughs> but cougars are just like the most basic thing ever, too. Like cougars, lions, like. Let's come up with something better. Oh, no. they're named after a wildcat. I thought the the cougar was named after something else. Zach Wilson is yeah very excited. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. <laughs> that is true. Ah, oh, dang it! I don't. I wish well, I'm a terrible producer, not. guys. I should have had <laughs> Bill Walton. Cougars are Bill Walton. The good news is, guys, not to transition away from uh, cougars and older women, but uh, this uh, these games are. 
pretty good times for West Coast football. Colorado, yeah. Oregon's a 3.30 mm-hmm. kick. UCLA, Utah's a 3.30 kick. And then this game, Oregon seven, State, Washington it? State is a 7 o'clock kick. Yeah, so we should be able to see all these games, you know, in terms of we're going to be watching East Carolina, clearly. But uh, at least we'll have an, an idea of what's happening. We'll be able to, to watch them, you know, before midnight. Um, so, yeah, anyways, back to the picks. <laughs> Last pick of the day, Ohio State is at Notre Dame. This feels like a uh, this just feels like a tremendous game, and I don't know. It almost seems like it should be like a college football playoff game. I can't remember these two teams playing in the regular season in my lifetime, so it should be a fun one to close out the Saturday nightcap. Ohio State is a three point favorite on the road. I got to be honest, I'm not a big Ryan Day believer. I'm not super sold on the Notre Dame coach either, but I am going Notre Dame at home. This kind of reminds me of when they hosted Clemson a few years back when they were very good and they won the football game. I think it'll be an exciting game. And with with, uh, Hartman there, I just think Notre Dame's at a different level. So I'm going to Fighting Irish, Joe. Well, the younger me would say, yeah, I completely believe in Notre Dame in this big game against a ranked opponent. But the adult me that's grown and understands that that's a lie knows that Notre Dame doesn't know how to win against big teams like that, especially when they're in the big power five, the big bad power five, as I've mentioned before. So give me Ohio State. Obviously, the spread kind of puts it as a, as a pick em, but I do think that Ryan Day can handle his own. I think he might know a little more than what people are kind of thinking he knows as far as offensively and how it's looked over the last few years. Maybe Brian Hartline gets to call a couple more plays. You know, Jets receiver legend, also Miami Dolphins receiver legend. So uh, give me the Buckeyes. Hand me my Buckeye head, Lee Corso. I would just like to add, I'm an idiot. Uh, Parker, just listening to the show, texted me, said that Ohio State Notre Dame played last year. and uh, Yeah, I was waiting for that one. <laughs> that, shows you how, that shows you how non uh, – Nondescript that game was. I guess that was to open the season, or at least very early last year. Twenty-one ten, Ohio State won. And Parker, in that, in my mind, that game didn't happen. Notre Dame last year was a fraud. This year they're actually good. They lost to Marshall like the next week. So I'm going with Notre Dame. I've heard that one before. I I was getting to ask: Was that before or after they that Marshall beat them? When that when they played Ohio State, I think it was the game before. Weaker, weaker two later. But I'm an idiot. Go ahead, Scooter. I think, as you said, Sam Hartman is a real deal. He's added so much to Notre Dame this year. I have some friends who are big Ohio State fans, and I also have some friends who hate Ohio State. Well, I'm going to piss off the Ohio State fans. Give me the Irish. And I never pick Notre Dame. Um, By the way, just welcome to to the dark side, Scooter. That's right. Just to confirm, the Ohio State game, yeah, was the first week, and then Notre Dame lost to Marshall the next week. But, um, yeah, Notre Dame can't win big games. We all know it. I got the Buckeyes. Mm. Y'all don't remember Notre Dame beating Clemson? You don't remember the national title game between Notre Dame and Alabama? Or the college football playoff semifinal game between Notre Dame and Alabama? Or Notre Dame versus LSU in the Sugar Bowl? But they didn't have Sam Hartman. What's the... What big game has Ohio State won under Ron Day recently? Yeah, they can't beat Michigan. Still, hey, this man, is true. You, know, you brought up the, the Notre Dame-Clemson <laughs> they game. They almost beat Georgia I will last say, year. I will say even a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and again. That was that Notre Dame against Clemson. That's uh, true. You, yeah, you're right. Day is not previous regimes of Ohio State, but they're winning this game and covering three points. Mm. 
Yeah. Three we'll points see what especially. happens. Uh, I think it'll be an awesome week of college football, though, guys. All right, we got to get a break in before I make any more stupid statements that aren't true. And uh, we will make some NFL picks on the other side. We'll transition there. We'll also have closing thoughts on ECU to wrap up the show against Gardner-Webb. You're listening to Hoist the Colors on a Friday edition of the show. Back to Hoist the Colors with Stephen Igo. Drink up me, Aussie Joe Ho. 194.3, the game. All right, welcome back into the show. Friday, September 22nd. We just made our college picks, and now we got to transition to NFL quickly because we still got to get another break in. So we'll go rapid fire here. We got Joe Sampson, Scooter Rogers, and also Philip Pilkington. Let's start with Broncos at Dolphins. Denver, my Denver Broncos are 0-2. We're going to pick uh, these games every week, uh, even though our teams stink, Panthers, uh, Jets, and Broncos. Hey, we're 1-1. Um, I'm going to go, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's going to get worse. I got a question for you coming up, by the way. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Miami in Denver. Denver 0-2 with two home losses. Now they go across the country to Miami. I, I the, the spread's 6.5 in favor of Miami. I just don't see how Denver slows down Miami. Their defenses look atrocious. I think Denver's offense is much better, but it doesn't matter if you can't stop the pass, which Tua can do. So I'm going Dolphins at home here. Covering the six and a half, Joe. I, I have the same thing. I think uh, Tyreek Hill runs for 1,000 yards alone in the game. I, I don't think possible. Denver's secondary can kind of contain that. And we saw what Mike, or Mike Daniels was Mike McDaniels was able to do against the Patriots defense last week with some of the crazy looks and still got everybody open. I need a big Shooter. week for from Tua this weekend for my fantasy team. So go Dolphins. And that will also make uh, – Pirate Video member Kyle Gaskins very happy with that pick as well. Yeah, I'm going to make it a clean sweep, Dolphins. Take Denver. All right, uh, <laughs> Chargers at Vikings. And the reason this is on the list, guys, you got two potential playoff teams here at 0-2, and, and this is a huge game. You start 0-3, your odds – I mean, your odds are already low of bouncing back, but you start 0-3, you're in trouble. I'm going home team here. I mean, Minnesota – both teams have their issues, but I feel like Minnesota at home is a pick 'em. I'm taking the Vikings, Joe. All right, you made that easy. I'm going to take the Chargers because I go took the Vikings. Uh, one of the two quarterbacks is going to rise above the other. I think the Chargers defense has looked lethargic at times, so that could give Kirko Chains the opportunity to kind of spread the ball out with Justin Jefferson, but I'd rather take Justin Herbert, so give me the Chargers. Scooter. I've always been a big Kirk Cousins fan. You like that? Give me the Vikings. I gotta say, next week Joe needs to pick before I go, so he just quits getting these cop out picks. And I'm picking against whoever I go is picking. I go keeps putting me second. I can't control that. If you want, uh, I, I was, I was talking to you. I wasn't talking to you right then. Um, I just don't trust Brandon Staley. Ever since he's been there, they've just not done what they need to do. So I'm going Vikings. By the way, a minute ago, Don Sampson commented, I, I, any relation to Joe Sampson? That's my perhaps? dad. I'm scared. Okay. He says, uh, he says, I disagree with Joey football. Saban has never lost two home games. Um, All right. Well, that's that was a while ago. My father's an Alabama homer. That's what that is. Dang. Week, week you well, the good, hey, the good news is, Don, every single one of us picked against Bama, so they're going to win. Is, so is Joey Football's dad, that. Pee-wee, that calls into Nick Saban's no. radio show? No. Okay. I, I told him about Pee-wee, and he about fell out of his chair laughing because he was like, I can't believe the same guy keeps calling. I was like, Saban called him out this time. 
So, no, my dad does not do that. <laughs> All right, the Patriots, Joe, if, if the Jets are such a good team, how are the Patriots favored by two and a half in New York? I mean, what is going on here? Doubt. I always so want to be the, the underdog. I'm glad they're picking against us. It's going to make victory so much more sweeter because last year in Foxborough, when the Jets had the Patriots on the ropes, if it wasn't for the Houston legend who took the ball back on the punt return, the Jets win in Foxborough with Zach Wilson at quarterback. This year the tide changes. Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall run all over the Vikings. I'm just kidding. It's the Patriots. I wanted to see who was listening. My point is made to the people who don't know. Brees Hall runs all over. Bill Belichick. Give me the Jets. I'll go first this time. Go ahead, Philip. I'll go first. <laughs> all righty. You forget uh, somebody there, Joey Football? Igo hasn't even gone yet. We're just going oh, Igo hasn't back. gone yet. Okay. Yeah, we're just going yeah, all right, I'll go first. Oh, okay. I got Philip. He wants to change the whole order. Yeah, right? I mean, everybody. We're changing yeah. it up here. Scooter can go second, too, if he no, wants. No, 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 no. Um... Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go to the Patriots on this one. I just all right. Uh, you guys got to prove to me. I'm not saying you can't win without right. Zach Wilson, but you're like you're like Virginia in basketball. When you prove me you can win the tournament, I'll pick you to win the tournament. When you prove me you can win games with Zach Wilson, I'll pick you. Yeah, when we lose to UMBC, everybody loses their mind. Understood. Yeah. We'll go with Scooter next, and then I'll round it out. Well, after that speech from Joey Football, he made me want to pound on the table over here and got me fired up about the Jets, which is the first time. That I've ever been fired up about the Jets in my lifetime. Give me the Jets. Let's go, man. J-E-T-S. No, I'm taking the Patriots. <laughs> Give me the Pats on the road. I'm going. Uh, I'm not a Zach Wilson believer. I had him in fantasy last year, and he lost me the league. That's your own fault. finished in the last place. It is my own fault for trusting a Jets quarterback. Uh, Bills at Commanders. Buffalo is a six-point favorite against the 2-0 and Commanders. I'm riding with Washington. I love what I saw out of Sam Howe last week. Uh, I'm going Commanders covering. I don't know if the win, but they're covering the six. I'm going to skip Joe. We'll go to Scooter, Phillip, and the Joe round it out. I'm with you. I liked what the Commanders had last week, and uh, the Bills certainly with Josh Allen have not looked a lot like their normal selves this year, I think, and so I'm going to go with the upset. Give me the Commanders. I'm torn on this one because I feel like the Commanders always win a game. They have no business winning at home, kind of early to middle of the season. So this very well could be the week. But if the Bills win, they will win by more than six. And in my pick em pool, I picked the Bills to win, so I've got to pick them to cover. I've got the Bills. The opposite of a cop-out. I follow yeah. the consensus of what is – who's on the screen right now, Philip? Give me the commanders. I agree. I think Josh Allen's still concussed. i got to be honest. Some of his decision-making has looked terrible in the last two weeks. We saw what he did against my New York Jets. Looked terrible. We saw what he did last week against the Raiders. He didn't look great. If Gabe Davis doesn't fall six yards in for that touchdown, it's a completely different ballgame also. So give me the commanders. I believe in the Korean quarterback, Sam Howell. The Panthers are going to the Seahawks. The Seahawks are a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, on the cheat sheet, I see Philip has already made his pick. Philip, I, I can't believe you're going this direction, but uh, please explain yourself. So I'm picking the Panthers, and the reason being with Andy – no, to, to, to cover five-and-a-half. The half, Red Rifle? Yeah. No, yeah, because, of, because of Dalton, he's played in those big environments. He's played in Pittsburgh where it's loud once a year throughout his career. I think he finds a way to make this, make this in either – 
three-point loss or a four-point loss. If this spread was two and a half, I'd be all over the Seahawks. I do think the Seahawks win the game, but I'm, I'm seeing it be a one-score game, so that's why I'm going uh, Panthers to cover. Scooter. Panthers suck. Give me the, give me the Seahawks. <laughs> Jeff. The end. <laughs> all right, well, Scooter's analysis was far better than mine. Uh, give me the Seahawks. I like what they did against the Lions last week, who we saw as a very good defensive team and limited the Chiefs, who are going to be one of the more high-powered offenses toward the end of the year. Obviously, they haven't found their footing yet because they were out Kelsey. But I do think that less than a touchdown is still too few. So give me the Seahawks. Five and a half is a lot more points than it sounds like, especially in the NFL. Um, I can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm taking the Panthers as well. I'm taking the Panthers to cover wow. the road. I think Andy Dalton makes enough plays. I think the Panthers' defense keeps it close enough. And they lose like 24 to 20 or something like that to cover the spread. So give me the Panthers. All right. We got to get our final break in. We'll come back. We'll have closing thoughts, wrap up the show, and give uh, maybe some predictions on ECU Gardner Webb. You're listening to Hoist the Colors on a Friday. Here there be pirates. Back to Hoist the Colors with Steve and I go. How good is this? On 94.3, the game. All right, welcome back into a Friday edition of the show. Been a fun one as always. We just made our picks. We got about a couple minutes left. Uh, we don't have a line yet for ECU Gardner Webb. We do have a matchup predictor provided by the ESPN Football Power Index. East Carolina, 96% chance to win the game according to ESPN Analytics. Let's go around the horn real quick. We got uh, Scooter Rogers, Joe Sampson, Philip Pilkington. First off, I'm going to set my own over-under. Does ECU score more than 23.5 points by the offense, and do the Pirates win the game? We'll uh, we'll start with Joe. Over-under offensive points, and who wins? I'm going to be I'm going to be optimistic. Give me the over on offensive points. I think ECU wins, but I do think whatever the line is, Gardner Webb covers. I think it's a much closer battle than people are anticipating. Obviously, ESPN is going to look at FCS versus FBS and immediately give an edge, but Gardner-Webb is a good football team. They gave a lot of trouble to App State, and that's not coaches speak where we say everyone's a good football team. They have some pieces, so I think it's close, but I do give ECU the win, but late. Scooter. I'm going to say the Pirates do hit the over on that number, and the Pirates get win number one on the year this Saturday. Phillip. Yeah, I'm going to agree with both those guys. Um, I, th- I think there were up around 30 points. And uh, the only thing that worries me is in saying that it's going to be closer. I do agree it's going to be closer than people think, Joe, but they did lose to Tennessee State last week. Gardner-Webb did. The Not even East Georgia. Tennessee State yet. If it was East Tennessee State, I'd say, hey, they're good against Pirates because those are the Buccaneers. But, you know, they lost to Tennessee State. Revenge game, that's what makes it. Uh, we'll, I think it'll be close as well. I'm going East Carolina by 10 to 14 points. I haven't made my prediction yet, but I, I think they do get over. I think they score in the high 20s, low 30s. Pirates win, get their first win of the year. Well, Scooter, Joe, appreciate you all coming on. It's good to have you aboard, Scooter. And, Philip, thanks for everything. And we'll see you guys next week. We'll have Scott on uh, regularly going forward. We'll have Joe on, as always, multiple times next week as well. All right, we got to get out of here. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the pregame show at 3 o'clock on 94.3 The Game, and then see you next week on Hoist of Colors. This has been our Friday edition of the show. We'll see you next time.
This has been Hoist the Collars with your host, Stephen Igo. Tune in weekdays at noon for all things ECU sports. Get a recap of the show at 943thegame.com, on Twitter, Facebook, or anywhere you get your podcasts. We're back Monday with more of Hoist the Collars on 943 The Game. Take a hit from a 300-pound linebacker and you better be wearing pants. Take a hit on the road and you better have...